You are hearing the sounds of joyous New Year's celebration on Mount Sinjar. The Yazidi people in these towns have been rocked by military attacks this week. And this is a way to put their concerns aside for the sake of their families and enjoy a beautiful day on the grass with hundreds of people. You're listening to Radio Kurdistan, and I'm a filmmaker here in Sinjar, northern Iraq, to tell the story of the Yazidis rebuilding their towns after ISIS genocide. They have welcomed me into their homes. They've given me their views, especially about the complicated political situation following their defeat of ISIS. They have even expressed their disappointment in my country's silence as the Yazidis, America's partners, have come under fresh attack. But for now, it's time to dance, smoke, and hope in the new year. But this respite is soon to end. As the revelers turn onto the mountain roads, the Iraqi army stop a car carrying two foreign journalists, Marlene and Matij, who happen to be friends of mine. There aren't many media people, so we all tend to know each other. The soldiers take them out of the car. They search their belongings and arrest them along with three Yazidi companions. The Yazidis were released the next day. A couple of days later, an unofficial Twitter user with access to the Iraqi army base posted a photo of Marlene and Matij in custody, accusing them of working with the PKK, which is labeled as a terrorist organization. In other words, they're accusing these journalists of being terrorists. Marlene and Matij have been transferred to Baghdad and are still being held. Since their arrest, these journalists have received the support of various left party leaders and Green Party elected officials in Europe calling for their release. I happen to know these journalists as researchers who were interested in a deep understanding of the Yazidi uh, belief system, spiritual belief system, their culture, and their history. Uh, Marlene and Matij uh, were interested in talking to everybody around the district. And in fact, I was able to accompany them on some of their interviews and were really very scholarly in being able to uh, try to understand the Yazidi people. And uh, so to hear them being accused of being terrorists is really crazy because their role in this community was entirely peaceful. Uh, in fact, they wanted to make sure that the world knew about the beauty of the Yazidi people. I have Alex, a German journalist in the town of Sinjar, to help us understand what is going on. Uh, why do you think people would make a claim of uh, that these, uh, these journalists are uh, working with the PKK? And uh, do you think this is a common thing for Iraqi government or Turkish government to do? first idea that comes to my mind is to frighten people because being accused of working with PKK directly puts you into contact with some organization that is listed as a terrorist organization and uh, making such a threat alone is uh, yeah, already frightening. A second uh, reason I can imagine is that um, journalists who come to the region and speak with representatives from the autonomous administrations. That's something very common if you come to the region um, and want to get to know Yazidi culture. Um, that, um, yeah, people would 
try to construct uh, this kind of accusation out of this. It's a dangerous type of claim which has no basis at all um, because uh, it, it's as if all you have to do is say they are working with YBS uh, or they, uh, they are uh, interviewing with uh, you know, YBS, so therefore uh, you know, they, are, uh, they are working with PKK. It's a very dangerous and false claim. Uh, but yeah, this, mm -hmm. and it makes our yeah, job. It makes your. I mean, it's 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 an unfounded claim. Um, it is. Uh, I mean, they were all. I I. They told me that they were also conducting interviews with schools and uh, hospitals from the Iraqi state. Tried to get in touch with other uh, officials from the Iraqi state and also from the uh, Kurdistan region government, and. Um, yeah, if if on this basis they were working for um, the autonomous administration, then one could also claim that they were working for the Iraqi state or for the Kurdistan regional government because they were talking with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, uh, I think uh, what it means is that um, it, it makes your job more difficult to be a journalist trying to get uh, story out about what's happening here it makes my job uh, more difficult as a as a filmmaker trying to do the same thing uh, because the fear is that uh, you know whoever we talk to uh, they're going to say oh you know you were talking to somebody and we say that that person's PKK and so therefore you're working with the PKK it's ridiculous there's no way for uh, for a journalist uh, an independent journalist to uh, to work in this fashion. Um, uh, to be uh, to be red baited like that, um, and I think that uh, it's just seems to me to be an, an agenda to try to get us out of the region, to uh, to get the media people out of the region uh, prior to uh, uh, Iraq's uh, military operation. If that's what they're going to do in this uh, in this uh, situation, I mean we have. A situation where we have tanks, uh, armored personnel carriers being stationed at the border, just uh, a few kilometers away from uh, from uh, my town. Uh, we have a buildup, huge buildup of Iraqi infantry um, in uh, the town that you're in, and we've had uh, shootouts um, uh, where Iraqi army has been directing fire towards. Uh, um, uh, YBS, YJS checkpoints and bases. And so it seems to me that they just want to get the media people out of here so that they can, whatever they're going to do, they could do it without the eyes of the media watching them. You know, what do you think? Some very important detail to remember is that during the 2014 genocide, uh, army and Peshmerga units who were in the region, they left, left the people without defense and um, so it was only the Yazidi self-defense that uh, allowed people to survive on these mountains and in this region and to open a, a corridor where people could escape from this massacre. And um, that's why the local population also trusts these groups, these um, Yebeshe and Yezheshe units. And... Um, that's why they don't trust the Iraqi army and they don't want uh, Peshmerga to come back. And um, what the Iraqi army is trying to do 
is either another kind of massacre or at least uh, occupation of the region, forcing the people to bend to their way of ruling. And yes, that, 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 that might be a reason for getting journalists out. Uh, I think we, we had to remember that Iraqi soldiers are from all different parts of Iraq. Um, and that um, the defenders of this town uh, in the YBS, YGS, and uh, Asais, that they are, uh, they are all Kurds, but uh, most of them are Yazidi people um, who are just, you know, the sons and daughters of the, uh, of the uh, families who are here in the town. And so therefore, yeah, um, you know, I mean, there is a big difference. Say, oh, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe it's important to stress that they are not only Yazidi people, they are, they are also um, um, other religious minorities or even majorities. There are also Arabic fighters in the, the ranks of uh, these forces. Um, that's why they call also um, Shangal defense forces. Um, so this is maybe important to know that it's not a pure Ezidi uh, force, that they are for um, the respect of other cultures too. So they are not, whereas uh, the majority of the Iraqi army, they are of uh, Arabic origin. And um, very often they don't like Ezidis very much, so they don't treat them very well. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's uh, that is a general feeling that I hear from the Yazidis over here too. Um, and so, um, and one uh, one last thing I want to ask you about, Alex, is that um, now uh, this uh, situation, it's clear that okay, well they're they're striking out against us now. Uh, like we're, uh, uh, now, like it's as if we're uh, we're part of this story. Uh, that um, uh, they uh, they want to target us to get out of the region. And also, since um, you, you know, I mean, it, uh, I don't think they, uh, they are going to target the journalists, but, the, the, uh, but uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of crossfire if, uh, if uh, the Iraqi army uh, starts hostilities here. And so uh, what, uh, what do you think? Is this going to affect your work? Have you changed your plans? Um, and uh, so, yeah, speak to that. I mean, of course, it affects my work. Um, it makes moving around much more difficult and... Um, I mean, I don't want to find myself in the middle of, uh, of a gunfight or even uh, heavier. I and mean, if they start shelling the region with artillery, then uh, you don't even know where you have to hide. It's, uh, of course, it's a dangerous situation. And um, I really hope that, they, that it doesn't come to this uh, fighting and that they find a diplomatic solution for this. Mm -hmm. um, well, what I've understood, I've just received this uh, information from uh, from our, uh, one of our friends here, is that um, uh, the Iraqi army has given an ultimatum that uh, by May 2, um, they want the protection forces to leave the town and, and surrender their weapons. So uh, they're, they're, uh, now we have a deadline of May 2, and so it doesn't look like there's going to be any negotiation or anything like that. It, it sounds like they're saying, we're going to lay it down. Oh, and also, May 2 happens to be the end of Ramadan, and which is important mm. to the Iraqi army because they are Muslim. So the end of Ramadan, they uh, feel like they're ready to deploy more, that the more troops should be available to them. 
Yeah, this is frightening. Mm-hmm. I heard that. Well, you know, I think that uh, it's uh, it's uh, really uh, a distressing thing. I'm re I really uh, am still concerned for uh, our friends, uh, these uh, journalists who are uh, right now behind bars, uh, and uh, I uh, am hoping that what's going to happen is that they are uh, uh, they're being transferred to Baghdad and that they are going to be uh, released uh, into the airport. Um, and uh, but they've already suffered quite a lot. They've already been in uh, pr uh, jail for six days, and uh, I just hope that they're not uh, thinking of uh, anything. Uh, anything further than that but we just need more eyes on uh their situation because uh they uh they should have been released by now um and uh, for your situation I, uh, I hope that you're able to continue your work uh your work is vital it's important um and uh, i hope that i'm able to continue what i'm doing i just got here you you've been here for some time a few months i've i just got here so i haven't uh, really begun um uh, i work and here we're in this huge uh, hell storm right now um and uh so i'm just uh, hoping the best for everybody and that uh and um that we uh, we're going to be able to continue but uh, but whatever it is i'm going to continue to re be reporting radio kurdistan and uh we're going to uh keep on doing this up-to-date stuff even though i i didn't come here to be a podcaster but uh i think that we're, you know you know what i mean yeah, but um circumstances require us to do what we need to do to get this information out because uh there's nobody here cnn is not here uh it's just us you know and of course the other friends uh journalist friends who we know who are who are in the region right exactly and that's why also people can uh, try to help to get uh, the our colleagues out writing to the embassies writing to the um, consuls asking them to make pressure on the authorities to release the journalists and to um, make pressure on the Iraqi army to make um, free press work possible. Ah, uh, yes. So what they should do is uh, there's two uh, uh, consuls or embassies to write to. One is the uh, the German embassy of Iraq. The other one is the Slovenian embassy, which they don't have an embassy in Iraq, but I, th I believe that uh, the nearest embassy is in Turkey. Um, and so I guess they should write to a Slovenian embassy in Turkey and the uh, German embassy in Iraq, uh, send them emails, give them a call saying, uh, yeah, the Iraqi government is holding your citizens uh, who were just trying to, uh, you know, tell the story for, uh, to, uh, so Slovenian and German people know what's going on out here. Uh, and uh, they are being unjustly held um, and uh, hopefully we can get the word out so that uh, the Iraqi government understands that people are paying attention. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay, well, uh, thanks a lot, Alex, and uh, I'll talk with you later and maybe we can talk about some other topics too on this podcast and uh, just sort of uh, stay safe out there. Would be my pleasure. Uh, <laughs> you too. Stay safe. Take care. I will post news about Marlene and Matij in the updates on Radio Kurdistan. You can also follow their progress under the hashtag FreeMarleneAndMatij. You, you know, you can follow that hashtag and you can also post, make your own post using the same hashtag FreeMarleneAndMatij. 
And of course, subscribe to Radio Kurdistan, Sharvan Reporting.